they, they have the ability to kind of poke fun at themselves and, and expose themselves a little bit, which I think is healthy. This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here is your host, Chantal Nash, Digital Learning and Engagement Manager from the team at Crotonville, GE's Global Learning Institute. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. On today's episode, you'll hear from Tom Westrick, our latest leader in residence at Crotonville. Tom is the VP and Chief Quality Officer and Head of Regulatory Affairs at GE Healthcare. The majority of our conversation focuses on the key traits that make up a leader's brand. Tom was really enthusiastic about this topic, and the best part is that you can tell he genuinely works to embody the characteristics he describes, all while realizing that none of us are perfect, and of course, we're always a work in progress. Hi, Tom. Thanks for taking the time to join us today on the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast. It's great to have you here. Excellent. Thanks for having me. So I know that you've spent a few days on the Crotonville campus as our leader in residence this week. So um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But first, tell us a little bit about your role at GE. Excellent. Thanks, Chantel. So right now, first of all, I've been with GE for about 15 years. In the last two years, about I have spent as the chief quality officer and the head of regulatory affairs at uh, at GE Healthcare. So GE Healthcare is about a $19 billion division of GE. We make uh, medical devices, and we support other products and services in the pharmaceutical industry. And my role as the quality officer and head of regulatory affairs is to ensure our products are safe and effective, and we get products to market, and we're also our products and services meet the expectations of our customers from a total quality perspective. That's great. That sounds really interesting. So with respect to what you're hearing on campus, Crotonville is where a lot of our employees go and a lot of our leaders go to get leadership training. So what are some concepts that are emerging or that are top of mind for you in terms of important traits of a leader? You got it. Thanks, Chatel. So look, it's been a great three, four days up here in beautiful but cold Ossining in New York, which is is the Jack Welch Training Center. It's about an hour north from New York City. It's a a center that we bring a lot of our leaders in from all over the world to really learn um, key leadership traits and key um, messages from the company overall. So this week, there's a little over 200 participants. About a third to half of those are from outside the United States to share ideas, to share um, experiences from their individual businesses across all of GE, and principally to talk about leadership. So we have been in roundtables, we have been in small groups, we have been in large groups talking about leadership and what it means and what what we expect out of our leaders. And there's an emerging discussion we're kicking around, and that's what our brand is, what an individual's brand is with respect to leadership. And we've had some great discussions, and we've kind of boiled it down to four principal expectations um, that we expect to, that we think are, are good traits as a leader. And I, I think it's worth sharing um, what those are. So first off, one of the things that I would, that I would put forward is, as, as a good leader in GE, the expectation of you're connected to the outside market, you're connected to cu- customers, and you're really driving towards customer outcomes and customer success has to be a given. Any leadership model we run that is must be the critical outcome, the critical deliverable from from individuals' perspective. So that was sort of a given. That that with things look 
basic things like execution, presence, you know, intellectual capacity to do the job. Those are all kind of givens in the leadership model that we're talking about. And then that led us to a discussion of brand. Like what, what is what is the brand that that a, a leader should th think about is their own brand? Well, I mean, this isn't some uniform you put on or some, you know, something that you, you're trying to portray that you're not. This is the authentic who you are and how you're perceived in a in a company and how you're perceived amongst your peers, amongst your employees and your and your and your and your and your boss and your boss's boss. Like what is the brand that goes along with each individual as a leader? Um, and we talked about and debated, like, what do we think are some of the most important attributes and characteristics and behaviors for the type of leader we're looking for and we think will be successful in a company like GE, in any company that's complex and big and as important as we are to drive success in, a, in an ever-changing world. And as, as difficult as that might sound, we think we got it down to four or five key traits that we think are just critical attributes that we all should, should aspire to, to associate with our individual brand as a leader in GE. So, so here it goes, Chantel, and we, you know, in no particular order, and these are not things, by the way, that are all inclusive and sure. you, know, you, nail, you nail these four and and life moves on, or you feel like you've nailed everything there is to do as a leader, but we just feel like these are cornerstones of what makes a really good leader in our company and what we should put forth as, a, as our goals and objectives to strive for. The first is, is someone who is truly horizontal, horizontal and a connector in their, in their own business. So most of us work in some part of the business that we come from, whether we're in a product function, a region structure, a corporate structure, you're, it could be in a, 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 uh, any part of the organization, a function. But to be successful, leaders must depend on others, and they must help others to be successful to ultimately drive towards customer outcomes and customer success. So it's, it's simply not good enough to live in a world and think about a world and drive a team relative to one's own team's goals and objectives. You have to think about how do I help others? What are, the, what are others depending on me? How other, how I'm, I'm going, how I'm going to support others? So, or how I need to be supported and how I will support to ensure that the totality of everything that we're doing around us makes sense and is, is in aggregate the deliverable we want. Adding up the simple products, regions, and functions in any particular organization, I just don't think works. You have to have the, the fabric and the stitch between all of us that connects, and that, that gets done through leadership. When I think of when that doesn't happen, we talked about this a lot, like when you when you see like the sum of the parts not equal in the whole, I think a lot of it comes down to failed leadership. Leaders aren't talking. Leaders aren't connecting. Um, leaders aren't speaking their mind on what they think should be done around them. Um, they're not. They're perhaps blaming others, and this isn't what horizontal means. It's not blaming. It's but it's it's raising points when you see that the some of the parts don't equal the total, and helping others and making sure others help you. I, I think about it as just simply as you care and you act about the sum of everything, and you work across the organization. You influence others when you need help. They influence you. You take the feedback. You don't live in your silo. You don't care only about your metric. You care about the ultimate total outcomes at the customer and company level. So horizontal, someone who thinks across the organization, very key 
to to the success of a of a good leader. And again, when when you don't see this, I think companies struggle, and results will 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 show that. So horizontal connector. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. And if I could just really quickly respond to the part about how you mentioned that it also includes depending on others. So not only is it chiming in when you have something to say or feel like something is important and collaborating horizontally in the organization, but it's also asking for help. So you you as a leader don't always have the answer. And if you're struggling and you're not asking for help, that's also impacting not just you, but, you know, others who are depending on you or might be able to... Uh, to to benefit if you were to work together to solve something so exactly right you, you depend on others and others depend on you yeah. and it's got to go both ways and you have to have the intellectual curiosity to to think even beyond that like what else is missing when you see something you don't like bring it bring it to the attention of others and and regardless of where it is in the organization whether it's in your world or someone else's world which kind of brings me to the next point and that's yeah. transparency and candor um, you know, that's, those are popular buzzwords today. Mm-hmm. Both of those. You know, so what, what we talked about, what this means is kind of some simple examples of, of things like no hidden agendas, no hidden agendas. You know, you, you, when you see a dysfunctional environment, you feel someone or some team working with you and you know, there's something else that's driving behavior that's not being said. And I always say to myself, I have barely enough time to work on one agenda. How can I have two agendas? Hmm. And the idea that, that, that you can have a couple of different agendas so you just don't know what the full set of facts you're working for is, is not an example of good, good candor and transparency. So no hidden agendas, no success theater. So what, what do I mean by that is, look, every business has challenges. Every part of every business has challenges, and we don't get better until we put them on the table we transparently lay out the facts. We talk about what we can do, what we can't do, and where we need help. And you you, you can't have a conversation about 90% good and 10% bad and expect to really drive change. you got to put the, the stuff, the big rocks on the table and drive forward off of those issues because that's ultimately where the time and attention needs to be needs to be spent. The, the other thing is is this concept in this the brand of someone who's a total open book. You know, I, I think when you look around an organization, you know who the open books are and who isn't. And, you know, open book means you, you get what you get. You know there's not another agenda, like I mentioned earlier. And most importantly, it's timely. So you kind of get a constant flow of information about what someone thinks and what they know, and you know it's complete. And ultimately, it drives trust. You know, someone who's horizontal, someone who's transparent, is someone who can be trusted in the organization. And that brand is really strong. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've said to someone has explained someone to me is that person I can trust. And when you say those words, literally that word trust, it goes a long way towards solving things as a team. Because you, there isn't there isn't something else out there that you always have to wonder. You just have that unequivocal reliance on somebody because you know you're getting everything they need, everything that they know and everything that they expect to know. So horizontal connection, transparency and candor are two of the big ones. And and, the, and with those, I think that drives trust as well, which we just discussed. So, I, you know, that's it's just if I think about some of the reasons why leaders might hesitate. And when I say leaders, I mean, really anybody in the organization. Um, 
when thinking of reasons that people might hesitate to make tough calls or to maybe be honest with somebody, they might be thinking that it might damage a relationship, which done in the wrong way might be absolutely true. But what you're saying about trust, I think, might be a, a really good piece of advice for people who are hesitant um, to encourage them to be a little bit more honest and transparent and have that candor because you're encouraging them to build trust. Even if it's a difficult conversation, uh, they know that it's actually going to make their relationship stronger going forward because of that. That's exactly right. I, I don't think good. I don't think teams can be good, and be can be highly effective unless there's a heavy degree of trust between them. And when leaders don't trust each other, it can be it can be extremely damaging to the teams, and it's dysfunctional. It's obviously not effective. And I think as a leader, you owe it to yourself to work with others to gain the trust. You have to work through whatever the issues are until they get worked through. You yeah. can't live with a world of, hey, I, I just don't trust that person, but I can live without having it. I just don't think it works. You have to you have to be better than that, and you have to force yourself to work through whatever the barriers are to get to a point of trust, or you'll just be highly inefficient and ultimately not effective. Yeah, so, yeah sometimes you, difficult, but yeah, definitely worth it. And largely, I think leaders do trust each other, and when they don't, it just becomes obvious and really a, it just uh, it doesn't work. So the, the, th the next two are pretty simple, and I'm going to use the word simple in a second here, but it's the power of simple messages. You know, you think about someone, I'll kind of keep going, keep rehearsing here. So you've got the horizontal leader, you've got someone who's transparent, is candid, and then they can deliver a message simply and concisely from the perspective of what is the problem statement, what are we going to do to solve it, and what does success look like when it's solved? You know, I, I just, we asked, we went around the room in a, in a meeting yesterday with a team as an example, and I said, we're topic A we were discussing, and it was kind of a complicated topic, but I'm a firm believer in everything is simple if you break it down far enough. And I, I asked the team, can, we, can you give me a few words on how you would describe this topic to a 10-year-old? Mm -hmm. And and we couldn't do it. We could not do it, <laughs> wow. myself included. And I I think if you're not there, and not that everything should be the lies of a you know a grade schooler, but the the messages need to be simple. Yeah. Because there's the volume of work that's in everyone's head to try to sort out and solve as a leader is too great to remember complicated, complex messages. And someone who's constantly searching for the perfect word so they can summarize it themselves. It's too much work. Leaders need to be capable and and practicing simple messages that people don't forget. I can't remember the t number of times I went to, you know, the, the the leadership meetings with with um, with Jeff over the years, and I remember very specific words he used, mm -hmm. very specific, and it was part of long discussions. But you remember the really powerful simple messages, and it it's it's. Yeah, I can't tell you how important that is. And I also would tell you when you're not when you're not simple and you're not concise, it's ineffective. I, I just think is in a busy world and and changing world we're in, uncertain, it just you don't have time. People don't have time to kind of sift through the complexity. And we have to make it easier as we lead down and lead up in our teams to explain the simple points that we're trying to make so that people don't have to work too hard to get them. 
Yeah, um, Tom, I'm yeah. interested. Did anybody have any specific tactics or is there anything that you in particular might use to do that? I mean, you, I think you alluded to storytelling a little bit. Is there any and, and using some strong language maybe or visual language or things like that? Is there anything else that jumped out in that? I, I try to say yes. I mean, that we, we did a lot of examples in that. One of them was, you know, no acronyms, of course. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You know, use lots of analogies. Yeah. I think analogies are really, really powerful. I always use cars and and electronics. <laughs> I don't know why it just seems to sort of move my way, move to that direction to explain. Well, this it's like this, it's like that, um, and that that brings powerful messages home. You have to talk in terms of um, what the outcome looks like. Don't talk about the process of how you know what the mechanics are to deliver it talk about what it is Mm. so you you know you kind of start with the outcome and then you work your way back um no we talked about really dropping powerpoint as much as you possibly can i talked about the fact to my own team at home i I try to have powerpoint free fridays and i don't actually know why i don't have powerpoint free thursday through mondays either maybe that's coming next but (laughs) you know find a way to to explain simply um, without the use of all kinds of data and visuals that are, don't really add to the picture. So simple message is critical. And I, Great, you know, I just yeah. think that some of, the, some of the leaders that I've worked with and have really respected the most and have been most effective, you just you remember them saying, okay, I want you to do these three things. It's, whatever, it's, whatever the number is, it's always less than five because it's one hand. And I think those are, those are good messages to, to think about is simple and short. Um, the the last thing is really pretty soft, but I think is 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 important. You know, your brand again. What who are you? What what do you do? What what's your you know your authenticity around like what you bring every day? And I, you take a step back and you say, okay, this person's horizontal. They're a connector. They work across the organization. They communicate transparently with candor, and it's simple. I've given the, the, the givens around this are they can execute, they have strong presence. I mean, we're kind of assuming there's a, a level of given here uh, of, of already, you know, known traits. I think the last one, which I think is probably as important as all of them, is someone who's an approachable leader. Approachable. You know, how does the team perceive you? Can they come to you? Can they raise issues confidently without the fear of, of the reaction? Um, do you as a leader know about your team? Do you know, do you know what is the strengths, the weaknesses of those on your team? How can you manage the, the, your team in the most effective way to match strengths with areas of need in the company? Do you, do you literally care about your team? Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't say, do you act like you care? I, I meant, do you literally care about the, like the, the growth of the members on your team? And when you when you are there, your team can feel it. And I think the outcome of that, when you're approachable and you're just someone, you're a leader that attracts talent. And I think if you're not attracting talent, I don't think it's neutral. I think you're attracting or you're you're exporting. <laughs> I think you're one or the other. And sure. someone that attracts talent has a very highly effective team because it creates a demand. It creates a demand, creates competition. You get the best of everything. You get the best of the team members attracting to your team. And in the end, when, when you have a highly capable, highly effective team, because a leader has set the right tone and the right messages, 
you you can feel the the inertia around that team of gosh I never want to let that leader fail I have to do whatever I can do to make sure we as that leader and that this team is successful because I'm so on board with the messages that are trying to be delivered here and I will do everything in my power to make this team and this leader successful I I I think about in my career the number of times that's happened it's a lot and when everyone kind of has that mindset, you're really humming and you can feel it and you can see it. And the team is happy. They're effective. They're efficient. And they're working with each other, not at each other. And the outcomes just come from there. So, so there it is. So there's, you know, if we think about brand and the brand we want to aspire to horizontal, transparent, candor, you, 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 you get what you get. No, no open book, no hidden agendas can communicate very simply, clearly to keep the keep everyone on task and approachable. You know, someone you can walk up to and have a conversation with about what's bothering you and what you need. Um, and that, don't 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 mistake approachable with easy. I don't mean easy like someone's gonna take it easy on the team member or right. accept accept a product or a deliverable that's not world class. That's not what approachable means it's just someone who is has an ear and will listen and will help but still demands excellence in everything we do i'm sure there's about a thousand other books out there that tell you about the leadership attributes and capabilities that make a great leader but over the last couple of days here in crotonville uh, with the 200 folks in the room we've been kicking around these thoughts and we think these are pretty critical and pretty key to um, a successful leader in, in ge and other companies that are that are faced with the complexity of the business environment that we're in today. Yeah. And it takes practice too. So I'm curious to know if there is anything in across your career that you've experienced that really was an aha moment for you or a growing moment for you. Maybe it was a mistake you made. Has there been anything like that? Or maybe just somebody who was a mentor to you or great example for you, anything like that, that really helped you develop some of these things? Yeah, I think um, a couple points. Um, one is what I've witnessed in a good, and one of what I've witnessed is a bad. Mm. I, I think the the implications of hidden agendas is extremely negative to any organization. And in my career, you know, almost 29 years of working all in, the I've seen lots of it. And what I've, I I don't think you can you can't accept it. Like I mentioned earlier. You, you have to power your way through it. You, you have to be, you have to rid it out. You can't work through and just assume it'll go away. And I, I think in my examples, I spent painstakingly amount of time with the individuals that I didn't, that I didn't think, that I thought had hidden agendas, and therefore I didn't have the trust. And I just got everything on the table through some really tough conversations and discussions, and and work my way through that. And it was. You, you get out the other side, and you're, it's like a huge sigh of relief when yeah, you actually. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like I now have it all on the table, and I can work my way forward. I, on the simple messages, I, I'm, I'm always amazed, and I, I can, I wish I was better at it. And I'm, you know, we all learn every day, but when I look at leaders in GE, for you know Jeff and now John, the their ability to say so much with so few words is always something that is not lost on me. You know, you don't have to, there's no wind up words. There's no um, caveats. It's just 
boom, 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 and it's clear. And I think that's a, it's an art and a skill that I watch every day and I try to emulate because it's incredibly efficient, extremely powerful, and you don't forget it. So, you know, I've worked with John now very closely for the last three years when he was at healthcare, and now he's in, obviously the head of GE. He has an ability to, to lay it down in simple, short number, and well as simple words, and you don't forget it. And I, I, that's something that I think we all should listen and watch because it's an art and a skill, and it's incredibly effective. Yeah, he is a great storyteller. I've I've heard him speak a few times, um, and he 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 tells stories in a very vivid way as well when he when he's telling something that's a little more um, detailed like that. So yeah, agree. And one thing that you said about kind of noticing the good and the bad. One thing that I I can't remember who this was uh, or where I heard this, but keeping a journal of things that you like in people that you've observed leaders that you've observed and also things that you don't like because as time goes on you can kind of forget those things and always having that reference to go back in a journal or however you prefer to document stuff like that and say you know am i am i being true to these behaviors that that i want to emulate and the ones that i don't want to emulate uh it's just one practice that i heard uh you know as advice i think that's a great that's a great point you know we I think all of us, as we were laying these on the table, as we discussed them, first off, you know, you, you put them on the, you lay them on, and you say, well, that's just easy, just do that every day. And then the reality of, of life kicks in and pressures and, and balancing priorities, et cetera, come into play. And it's hard to stay true to these. It is. I mean, it just is. There's a reality of everything. And no one's perfect. But, you know, strive for this. Re catch yourself when you're not. I, what I do is I catch myself when I'm not acting this way and I ask why. Yep. And it's usually, it has to be corrected. It's either on me or, a, you know, me and my, myself and somebody else to figure out what's going on. I mean, I just mentioned the example on the, when I had trouble working with another leader because I thought there was hidden agendas. I, okay. So I either accept that or I face it head on and, and drive it out. And, uh, you know, you have to drive it. You have to keep working with people. And sometimes it's yourself. You have to acknowledge when you're not living the living the um, the brand that you try to aspire to, and and that's that happens. And yeah. Like, and, and acknowledge it. Yeah. So something that's that's admirable to me that I'm hearing from you is just, and and maybe something to add to this list is the level of self awareness. I mean, to be able to recognize, hey, I, I have this thought in my head. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. But I need to do something about it. Or, hey, I'm acting in a certain way in a situation. Why is that? I mean sometimes people just react and they'd never ask that question or they never notice that they're reacting in a different way. That's maybe not true to their, their normal self, if you will. And I think that's so important because like you said, the reality is we're not all, we behave differently in different situations, whether that's stress, whether it's when we're really happy, different things impact the way we behave and just knowing what that is. Uh, and if it's not what you want it to be, or if it's not effective, to change that it's i think that's really important so i kudos to you for having that mindset i think that's something that others can really look up to you know on, on the the self-awareness point chantel it it's probably somewhere buried in the approachable leaders section of this discussion sure sure yeah when, when i think of some of the most the best leaders for sure 
there, there are two more words I would say, or two more thoughts. One would be self-aware. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone you know, who really kind of self-aware and then can, and kind of, can kind of poke fun at themselves at times. You know, there's a sense of humility and recognizing you're not perfect. And I, some of the best leaders I've had are, you know, they're, they're funny, they're self-aware, humble, um, maybe a dose, a little bit of healthy sarcasm sometimes to mm-hmm. kind of lighten it up a little bit. I mean, that just breaks down people's, it breaks down like unnecessary barriers and allows for someone to be a more approachable person. You know, they're, they're, they're a little more humble. Uh, you know, they, they have the ability to kind of poke fun at themselves and, and expose themselves a little bit, which I think is healthy because gosh, who's perfect? I'm not. And if we can talk through it from that perspective, I think, our teams become more comfortable coming to us and you, you foster a much more open dialogue of open issues when folks feel like they can come talk to you. And when you don't, I just, you know, you, you don't want to be the, the dumping ground for everything, but you need to create a, a, an open communication channel or you're not going to get to transparency and candor. So they all kind of, they all kind of come together yeah. and, and feed off of each other. Sure. Absolutely. Well, that's great. I love that list. It's very useful. Um, anything else that any other hot topics or things that have come up during your time? You know, the, the last thing I'd say is, is hold your leader to extremely high standards, extremely high. We, we as, as leaders in GE and everywhere need to be held to high standards. We have a lot of um, responsibility and usually authority and responsibility um, brings brings some high standards. And I think as if I think about myself as reporting to someone, I have a high expectation of that someone to be to be great and to take feedback and to act on it and live on it. And I think you should do that to who you're working for as well. And you should have the confidence to be able to do that. I, I have never once taken feedback from someone that I thought is just like completely it just I've never rejected it. There's always something there, always something. You may not like it. You may perceive it to be wrong, but there's a reason someone said it and you got to take it. So force, yeah. you know, force our leaders to be better. Yeah. And so I guess uh, along those lines and on the topic of learning, I do want to ask, uh, are there any books or, or things that you do regularly to continue learning? You're on Crotonville campus today and for, for this week, um, what happens once you once you leave? What else do you do to keep growing as a leader? That's a good question. You know, I, I a lot of it is just at this time is kind of through osmosis of just watching others, to be honest, and listening to different leaders and, and learning from what they do well and what what they don't do well. Or myself, um, the books I, I read tend to be. I read the last really good book I read was the Steve Jobs um, book by Walter Isaacson. And, you know, I think his leadership style was extremely different from mine. Um, so I, I, I would say my lead, my learning on leadership is, is continuous through the, uh, through the eyes of the, of the folks around me. And I watch and I listen and I learn. Um, the leadership books I've read are kind of, I, I would say, confirm what I think um, and always add more. 
And I think you, you're never done. You're absolutely never done learning on this topic. There's, that's an understatement. I think the teams that we drive, we 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 work with today are different than they were 10 years ago in lots of respects. Different backgrounds, different expectations. As us as leaders, as a company, as as a company in terms of what the company provides for our teams, and you have to be flexible. No, nothing will work forever. Yeah, I like that. Just that little snippet right there. Nothing will work forever. That's so true. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tom. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope you have a great rest of your week there on the Crotonville campus, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. We will. Thanks, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.